0: Hi everyone, this is Dr. Mark Brehenna. Today we will be mapping mouth taping on the 15 minute matrix.
1: Welcome to the 15 Minute Matrix. I'm Andrea Nakayama, functional medicine nutritionist, and your host. This is the podcast that brings you bite sized insights and lessons on the clinical relevance of the functional nutrition matrix. The functional matrix is the most important tool in functional medicine and functional nutrition. We may think that the most important tool is some test or some app, but the functional matrix not only makes us stop and assess but it reminds us of three very important factors in our care, our recommendations, and our outcomes. Those three factors, Everything is connected. We are all unique and all things, all the things we do matter. Be sure to head over to this episode's show notes at 15minutematrix.com if you'd like to see today's topic mapped on a downloadable matrix to remind you of these critical aspects of care. Today on the 15 Minute Matrix, I'll be speaking with my favorite dentist, Dr. Mark Berhenna. Dr. Berhena DDS is the author of the number one bestseller, The Eight Hour Sleep Paradox, and is a sleep medicine dentist in Sunnyvale, California. Dr. Berhena has been practicing dentistry in the greater San Francisco area for over 30 years. He is a TEDx speaker, and his advice regularly appears on media outlets like CNN, CBS, Yahoo Health, The Huffington Post, Prevention, The Washington Post, and Men's Health. Dr. Burhena is a member of the American Academy of Dental Sleep Medicine, Academy of General Dentistry, American Academy for Oral Systemic Health, and the Dental Board of California. And Dr. Berhenna was a previous guest on the 15 Minute Matrix. Be sure to go back and listen to episode number 147, where Dr. Burhenna mapped the oral microbiome. Now let's get started with today's super important topic. Dr. Burhena, welcome back to the 15 Minute Matrix.
0: I am excited to be here again. Thanks for having me again.
1: Yeah, lovely to have you. And I know we're talking about something I'm super excited to talk about. We're talking about mouth taping, but let's Back this conversation up, as I want to do, and talk a bit about mouth breathing. Is mouth breathing an issue we should be paying more attention to in our practices?
0: It is, and I'm glad it's it's finally getting its moment. We've, for years, and in my dental education, breathing was breathing, whether it happened through the nose or through the mouth. But turns out that there's a really important differentiation when it comes to health even well-being, you know, cardiovascular disease, immune response. Yep, mouth breathing is bad. It, it activates the fight-or-flight response. Uh, the mouth can't filter and condition inhaled air. There's a exchange of air that is out of balance in terms of partial pressure and pressures that— we can talk about later, it translates to uh, sleep disorder, breathing and snoring, causes dry mouth, which I'm I'm very keenly aware of as being Mm. a dentist because dry mouth leads to gum disease, bad Mm. breath and cavities. And it increases the risk of throat and ear infections. And perhaps even is definitely related to one of the main risk factors of COVID. And that is bacterial load on the lungs based on what we inhale. So, yeah, it's bad. It's bad. It's not a good thing, and it's easily recognizable, and it it needs to be dealt with. Absolutely.
1: So who is a mouth breather, meaning who is most susceptible? Are there specific antecedents or triggers that would make us go to the question about mouth breathing?
0: Yeah. So the the bad news is that the majority of us are mouth breathing. Um, and it's getting worse. And the root contributors or the root causes, both, is uh, is really lies within the realm of the practice of dentistry, and that is facial development. Mm. Uh, long, narrow faces, narrow mouth, high palate, crooked teeth, uh, gummy smile, tongue tie. Uh, I mean, it, it could be environmental factors. It could be allergies. Probably one of the big reasons for Children, or they start mouth breathing. That ex- that transition occurs in around six months after they've been breastfeeding. You know, they 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 turn into proper nose breathers. In fact, it, typically that's what happens. But because of all these allergens and air pollution and adenoids and sinuses blockage, uh, stuffy nose, all of that, allergies, um, we continue breathing through our mouth, and because of that. We develop into a different person in terms of facial development face face type and and how patent and open our airway is the airway is determined by how our bones grow in our face and and in in our throat area and if those bones don't grow to their full potential in terms of width and and size then you know the soft tissue that inhabits that space our airway our nasal passages our mouth our tongue don't have enough room and and hence the the airway is impacted and leads to of course sleep apnea and and other issues
1: I'm so stunned kind of thinking about how the habit leads to a specific phenotype, right? It's such a clear example. And I know I've said this to you before, but my son had a really severe deviated septum. And Mm -hmm. this is something we talk about a lot in terms of, is he still a mouth breather? Where is it that he developed this habit then of mouth breathing because he couldn't breathe through his nose? And then it's like you said, compacted by allergies and by the sort of nasal flora that mm-hmm. is impacted by what he is breathing in so so right. many things that right. lead to a habit that then yeah. actually impacts how we look
0: i mean that's what we're concerned about that's what modern orthodontics in the united states is based on is how we look and and somehow how we look and how we function form and function have not coincided properly our our view of this is distorted uh, the the, a bunch of plastic surgeons, I think it was New York State, recently voted as to who had the most aesthetically pleasing face. It was mm. a, a model. But I, I looked at the facial type and phenotype, and it was a very narrow tapering chin. And I mean, even though she was young, she probably or mo- most likely is suffering from Rearers, uh, upper airway resistance syndrome, which will later lead to sleep apnea. So mm. it's funny how we've gotten it all wrong all, all this time. And, and I will take full blame for it as a, as a dentist. Our profession, really, when it comes to what we think is proper facial development has been wrong all these years. And fortunately, now that is changing.
1: When we think about the center part of the functional nutrition matrix, you've mentioned a lot of those downstream impacts already. We're talking about sleep apnea, and then of course, oral issues, gum disease, bad breath, cavities. But I've Mm -hmm. also heard you speak about mouth breathing and blood flow and therefore our mental health, things like histamine issues. Can you talk a little bit more about how mouth breathing impacts the full body system, so to speak?
0: Uh, Great point. The CO2, carbon dioxide, we always, I, I was taught in dental school that CO2 was a toxin and we had to expel it. And that turns out not to be true. It's the mix of O2 and CO2 that's very, very important. And if you're mouth breathing, you tend to over breathe CO2 and you really need that proper mix for the pH of your blood. The uh, The pH of the blood is very important. Also, a certain amount of CO2 is required in the blood for exchange of oxygen, uh, for the oxygen molecule to be released from hemoglobin to muscles and to organ tissue and you know um, the brain, for example. So, so if you're mouth breathing, that's all off. I mean, that is not working properly. So, you, that's why that sympathetic response is is being activated by mouth breathing. Uh, you're always a little under tension. You tend to breathe a little faster. Respiratory rate goes up, heart rate goes up. That's not a resting, well, um, kind of a mode to be in. But if you breathe your nose, because it's baffled, because it's a maze, it has turbinates and multiple surfaces and it slows down the air it humidifies it uh, it filters the air that's more immune system based uh, advantages but because breathing through the nose slows down the air then it allows us on the exhale it prevents us from overbreathing CO2 it also produces nitric oxide after age 40 we we wane the the, the production of nitric oxide which is this incredible short-lived gas that we Discovered I think just after the year 2000 mm-hmm. um, very recently it it is essential in so many areas um, You know immune response cardiovascular blood tone blood pressure basically after age 40 All the cells that usually make nitric oxide typically the endothelial cell and the lining of the blood vessel that wanes And the only thing that doesn't wane is our ability to make nitric oxide by breathing through our nose And so if you're mouth-breathing, you're not getting any of that nitric oxide, and that's really important. I mean, nitric oxide influences platelet function, I mean, immunity, I mentioned that, nervous system, uh, health benefits, uh, homeostasis, and also regulation of mitochondrial function. And they actually now say that the lack of nitric oxide production in the body is, as we get older, is actually a sign of aging. It's a reason for aging. So mm-hmm. we need this stuff. And really, at my age, uh, I, I mean, I got to get it by nasal breathing. And this is why a mouth tape. One important point, though, is that you have to have the right bacteria in the nose. Mm-hmm. And this is the nasal microbiome, the oral microbiome, which you've probably heard me talk about a lot. Mm-hmm. you got to have the right bacteria so that when you have the right diet, so arugula, for example, I try and eat a lot of arugula. Arugula is a great food. If you can, if the bacteria, if you have the right bacteria in your mouth, back of your tongue and in your nasal passages, if you have these correct bacteria, they can produce nitric oxide from the arugula. But mm. if you have a dysbiosis, right. in other words, and at least 50, 60% of us in this country have a dysbiosis and oral dysbiosis, that would be cavities gum disease, gingival inflammation, gum disease, a bad breath, for example, those are all signs of that it's not working well. We're not making that nitric oxide, hence we are aging prematurely, and we're not getting the benefits of nitric oxide, like lower blood pressure and, and serenity. Right. <laughs> so, so it's all very tied into areas that dentistry is kind of responsible for, it's in our realm. And, and I'm disappointed to say that we haven't really been on it. But but that is changing, and there are dentists now that are trained and are aware of this, and they can they can treat this. They can refer you to the right person, and they can also make a quick diagnosis. They can see this. I, I go to a, a gathering, not, not anymore, but <laughs> <laughs> when it was allowed, uh, I, I could automatically tell who had a, an oral dysbiosis based on facial development and how much mouth breathing they were doing or what they were doing at rest was their mouth slightly open? You'll look at, I look at a lot of photos and you'll see in a portrait, you know, is the mouth open? Is it closed? So it's getting its moment. In fact, I would love to plug a book. It's not my book. Uh, the book by James Nestor, which is mm-hmm. on the bestseller list called breath, mm. called the new science of a lost art A breathing. And mm-hmm. we have lost the ability to breathe. So that's a great place to start. Whether you're a practitioner or a layperson, that is a fun book to read and it will Blow your mind.
1: I love it. And I love how important it is to breathe and for us to focus mm-hmm. on the breath. Before we get to mouth taping and the actual mm-hmm. act of taping the mouth, there were a few things that you mentioned that are visual Clues that could be, you know, soft diagnostics for us to be thinking to ask Mm -hmm. about sleep patterns and mouth breathing. You also mentioned CO2. Is that a lab marker we should be looking at for considering whether somebody's a mouth breather? Are there any other serum markers that you would think of? I know you talk a lot about CRP, but is there anything else we should be thinking about in somebody's labs to consider, are they a mouth breather and is this something right. I can consider?
0: Yeah, the, the bad news is that there is no way of testing CO2. Uh, medicine tests for O2, for right. saturation of oxygen. Mm-hmm. There is a test for CO2, but it's a blood test. You don't mm-hmm. have to draw blood, which is very inconvenient. And the insurance companies, the the third parties don't like inconvenient because it means <laughs> right. expensive dollars. And there's really no nasal biome test currently that could be done. I think they are coming. There are oral microbiome tests. It's very difficult to interpret them. But the, the good news, that's the bad news, the good news is that it's pretty easy to tell If you have these issues, so for example, if you have a tongue tie, if you have crooked teeth, if you need ortho, which Mm -hmm. the majority of us do, if you have a high palate, a narrow palate, if you have a crossbite, these are all things that a dentist, a well-trained dentist can identify immediately, even without looking in the mouth, a long, narrow face. How about a dry mouth? I mm-hmm. mean, if you wake up every morning, I ask, this is on my intake form, dry mouth. If if you wake up with a dry mouth, that means you are sleeping with your mouth open. And that's, that's why mouth taping is such a great differential diagnosis. If you can mouth tape, that means you have the ability to breathe your nose, but you're not. For some reason, your mouth falls open. Swollen tonsils, adenoids. Are you continually getting sinus infections and on antibiotics? That was my wife for many decades until she had some sleep apnea surgery and also started mouth taping. They Mm. went away, no more antibiotics. Um, Sleeping with your mouth open, snoring. I would say snoring is a good indication that you are mouth breathing. Um, so most people, if you ask them the right questions or if, even if they go to a website online, they will know whether they are mouth breathing or not. It's not difficult to tell. And there is no such thing as a healthy mouth breather so um, so if you're thinking okay i mouth breathe but i feel pretty good no it's something you want to deal with you definitely want to address it and it may be just as simple as mouth taping but again mouth taping is is not the cure-all of course it it tells us a lot it's a great differential tool for both layperson and practitioner Um, but if the taping doesn't work then you know you have a more severe problem Uh, It would require surgery or myofunctional therapy or orthodontics expansion of the jaw You know changing uh, or reversing poor facial development all those things, but it's a great place to start So there are many ways if you have bad breath for example if you're getting a lot of cavities instead of Stop seeing a dentist that just keeps treating your cavities and keeps ignoring your bad breath and just keeps treating your gum disease go to someone a functional dentist perhaps and have them treat you for the root cause of all these things. And typically that is a dry mouth. In a dry mouth, your pH changes, it drops, it becomes more acidic. Then, um, you know, all these pathogenic and commensal bacteria that are in your mouth that are supposed to be there in in a certain pattern or ratio to each other, that all gets altered. For example, everyone talks about the gut microbiome. Gut microbiome, one of the big changes... Or one of the big causes of a dysbiosis would be a change in pH. Well, that can happen in the mouth. In fact, it happens in the mouth within 30 minutes of mouth breathing. So if you're breathing at night or sleeping at night with your mouth open, you're suffering from a dysbiosis, a pH change, and an overall change of your oral microbiome uh, Mm -hmm. almost immediately. And Continually.
1: So let's get to the how to in terms of mouth taping. How hard is it? Do we need a certain product? What are your recommendations around mouth taping?
0: Well, the first thing is the stigma of mouth taping. Um, it, It was 10 years ago when I was talking about this where I would get a lot of pushback from patients, from ENTs, physicians, and now thankfully that doesn't happen. People are more open to it. But Essentially, it depends on who the patient is. If it's someone who can nose breathe properly, then putting tape over their mouth is not a big deal. They do it, they wake up, and they may feel a little bit better. For some reason, even though you're a good nose breather, your mouth will still fall open. That's a whole different uh, topic. But if you can't breathe through your nose, and I, as a dentist, I know who these people are. These are the dental phobes, these are the patients that don't like dentistry, because they can't breathe through their nose. And Mm. What happens when you're at the dentist and someone's working in your mouth and there's saliva and water building up in the back of your throat? That essentially is the equivalent, this may be a bit extreme, is the equivalent to waterboarding. I mean, if you can't breathe your nose and your airway is being blocked, and you can tell it with children, children will protect their airway, they'll push you away. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, have a lot of boogers in their nose and then you see them and uh, they're already anxious because Mm -hmm. they know what's going to happen. Same thing with adults. So it's really, if you mouth tape that person, they're, they're going to wake up within a half hour. There are some borderline patients that will tape. They'll make it through the night, but they'll toss and turn because they have a little hypoxia. They may be able to breathe through their nose, but they're not getting enough air through their nose. So I break it to the patient very gently. I show them what I do every night, what I've been doing for the last six, seven years. My wife and I, my family. I uh, I show them what it looks like. I tell them that they're not going to die in the middle of the night. How easy the tape comes off, especially with children. And then I just ask him to try it. And I usually text him the next day and I ask him, you know, what happened and what happens and what they tell me is really helpful to me as a practitioner because I know where to take them from there. So if, they, if the tape stays on and, and they feel better, then, you know, that's a good sign. That means they, they can nose breathe and perhaps their mouth is open at night. There could be other issues, minor issues that can be dealt with by myofunctional therapy or just continuing to mouth tape. But the patients that cannot mouth tape they're the ones that need a referral to an ENT. We need to find out how mm-hmm. we can open up those posterior nasal apertures. The, even even the nostril, you know, as the air comes in, that could be a, a stopgap. It could be that, you know, they have a very narrow face and that we have to intervene as dentists and expand their face. That can be done as in, in an adult. that's uh, adult, rapid maxillary expansion. There are devices that will do that and with incredible results. So for me, it's a really a differential diagnosis tool. It's a wonderful tool. It's cheap. It's free. It's easy. And, and there are some patients that will push back. They'll, they'll say they did it and they didn't. And, but I keep pushing. And then finally, when they do it, they love it. Most of the time they love it. Even if they're not able to breathe well through their nose they tend to think that it has some benefit to them. They feel that they they dream more. For example, right. I, I had a kid once that totally threw me for a loop. He, out of the blue, his parent wasn't even in the room. It was a four or five year old, and he said, "You know, Dr. Brandt, I wanted to let you know that when I tape now, my dream I don't have nightmares anymore, and I oh. have good dreams, and you know stuff like that." So it definitely affects your sleep. Um, that's a, again a different topic. It is not a cure for sleep apnea. Uh, but it will point out the fact that you have a narrow airway and you have some breathing issues. And again, remember a CPAP and an oral appliance; those are the two things, really, other than surgery, that help people that have obstructive sleep apnea. But none of those, none of those therapies work well. Uh, the efficacy is very, very low. Compliance is very low. Typically, compliance with a CPAP is low if the patient cannot breathe through their nose. Even though we have these oral appliances and you know, positive pressure systems that that help keep the airway open, it still will not work unless you can breathe through your nose. So nose breathing is important, even if you have sleep apnea and are on some kind of therapy. So nose breathing is the way to go.
1: One of the things I love that you said, Dr. Perhana, is how you make an assessment, you make the recommendation to mouth tape, and then you track the that you actually learn from the person's experience. This is Mm -hmm. what I call the art of the practice. It's such an important process that we Mm -hmm. learn from each and every patient what is happening for them with our interventions and we pivot based on those learnings as opposed to thinking that everything's a protocol or one protocol. And I just have one final question for you, which is, is it ever too late? Like can my 81 year old mom Mouth tape and my 19-year-old son mouth tape? Are we all good to start We're trying? All good. Okay. We're all good.
0: I mean, just make sure you're getting professional advice. You know, maybe vertical taping in the beginning. You don't have to tape off your mouth completely. There's tape that has vents in it. But yes, everyone everyone can benefit depending on what kind of patient you are, but there's no age restriction. Uh, I think mouth taping is a, is a a is a very interesting way of treating someone and learning more about yourself.
1: Mm, I love it. Thank you so much, Dr. Burhenna. I always learn so much from you.
0: Thanks, Andrea. It's a great pleasure to be here again. Thank you.
1: The 15-Minute Matrix is brought to you by me, Andrea Nakayama, and the Functional Nutrition Alliance. Check out the latest in functional nutrition at functionalnutritionlab.com forward slash blog. The 15-Minute Matrix team features music by my son Gilbert Nakayama with production support from Renee Hunt, Natalie Merrill, and Christine Shook, and mixing and editing by Rowan Bradley. You can find episodes on all kinds of topics with more incredible guests at our podcast website, 15minutematrix.com. And if you'd like to be notified each time there's a new podcast episode by email, please go to 15minutematrix.com forward slash notify. We'd also love to hear from you. Get in touch. We'd love to hear your thoughts, your feedback, and also who you'd like to hear on the podcast. You can email us at ask at
0: 15minutematrix.com.